0: Right, I guess this is episode one of the Small Town Producer Podcast.
1: Yeah, welcome everyone. Uh, thanks so much for checking it out. Um, if you listened to the trailer that I put out, I don't know how many people still listen to podcast trailers, or if you just dive right in. But um, basically, uh, this is just me trying to connect, um, me and Luke Blood trying to connect, and just figure out, you know, uh, how to make our way in the music world and kind of a smaller scene, um, like Boise, uh, which is where we're located. And so hopefully if this applies to you, you just learn something from it, connect with someone maybe, um, yeah, that's really the goal. Just try and learn and connect.
0: Yeah, totally. I think there's kind of an interesting perspective from being in the middle of the struggle, not having a lot of subscribers or people interested in what you're doing per se and not being in a big city like LA or Atlanta or whatever it is and uh, kind of trying to figure it out as you go and Making note on what works and what doesn't work and talking with other people about it and stuff So I'm really excited about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, like I said, my I go by Cana Beats um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever—it's all at Beats by Kana. And then on YouTube, I'm going to be putting up the podcast there as well, hopefully with some video. If you want to check that out, just just Kana Beats. Um, and then probably put it up on yours as well. Yeah. Um, so Luke Blood is what
0: I go by on. I think I'm pretty much searchable on YouTube and um, Spotify and SoundCloud and stuff. But Instagram is at Luke Blooded. But yeah, I'll, I'd for sure want to
1: post it as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, connect with us on there. And then, of course, the podcast will be everywhere podcasts are distributed, hopefully, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. So, Yeah,
0: and we can maybe just kind of jump into then a little bit the goal, I guess, for the podcast and and who it's for, because we would like to get some guests on here. It's not just going to be us chatting it up every week. Definitely. Um, And some other producers that we've met in the area. Um, some people hopefully from out of town. So maybe speak a little bit on what your vision is for, uh, I guess, what people could get out of the podcast or what people can bring to the podcast.
1: Yeah, so I guess a little bit of the roadmap that I'm looking at right now for the podcast is I'm hoping, so for these first two episodes, I kind of want to introduce everybody to us. Um, you and me, kind of our stories, where we come from, uh, how we've been navigating the music scene so far, being from a town like Boise, trying to, (laughs) trying to make it. And, uh, then yeah, hopefully down the road, going to try to get, um, I want it to be interview based. Um, so I'm definitely going to try to get a lot of people in here. Hopefully if we get enough people listening and they're sending in questions and stuff, maybe we could even just do like some Q and A stuff. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh,
0: we met probably just on Instagram, I think. Initially. I was going to ask
1: you how we met because I couldn't quite remember. So
0: here's how I remember it. Um, it was there was that iconic beat challenge. No, it wasn't that. It was the that was a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the 7 6 beat challenge. They had those two samples, and oh, okay. it was flip these samples, you could win a hundred bucks or something mm-hmm. like that. And you made a beat and I made a beat and several other people made a beat and I saw yours and I saw that you were in the area and I'm not sure if you saw me too or something, but it was like right around that time that we first connected and at that time I probably knew like a couple producers in the whole state of Idaho who I had like talked to or tried to talk to because in my mind it was like there's not that many of us out here. I I wasn't aware of that many of us. Yeah, yeah. And so I reached out to you, and I think we just started chatting or whatever. And then I think it was when Sam Soul Music
1: invited us over to his house that we first met up. That was yeah. My idea was he invited us. He huh. invited me, and then I was like, "Hey, I also know this other guy because okay. I had just met you on Instagram." And I was super excited because I'm like, "There's someone else in the area that does music." Right. Like.
0: You're like the king of the the meetup invite. Somebody invites you, and you like. And spread the word a little bit and bring someone else. <laughs> I like to, yeah, I
1: like to try to get everybody going. I think it's so. smart. Yeah.
0: Um. And then, so from that, we met in person. And then w- when we were talking there, we kind of realized, I think, that we are in similar positions as far as just kind of experience and drive and motivation and some of this stuff. And so we decided to do kind of a chat once a week or once every other week, just um, chat on Discord, voice chat if we couldn't meet up or anything like that, and so
1: hopefully these are kind of like that again. Yeah, I was gonna say I kind of missed those a little. Right, bit. me too. And I,
0: fun, yeah. I think that kind of is probably how this happened. How Boise Beatmakers a little bit happened. Definitely, you started talking about it mm-hmm. in there, and I was like, dude, you just need to go for it, like, right? So definitely, like, I don't know what. I none of that would have happened if I, I hadn't think even connected.
1: this was created in there. Mm-hmm. We were talking because you, Boise Beatmakers, which we'll get into in a little bit once I am asking you questions. Uh-huh. But it was so successful that I was like, you know, I had been a little hesitant to try something myself just because that's just my natural tendency. But like I, once I saw how successful it was for you and stuff and how right. much, you know, fun you were having and stuff, I was like, you know, I got to what can I do to try to kind of make my imprint in the. In the music space, too. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that all of this has
0: just kind of come from, or at least definitely been sped up by these side conversations we had where we're just bouncing ideas off each other, Mm -hmm. talking about kind of what goals we have, big picture and short term and that kind of thing. So um, that's actually been huge. And um, I, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, that, like we said, any yeah, of this would have started without
1: that. So, um, that's kind of how we got to know each other. But I was also going to say that going back to what you were talking about connecting mm-hmm. with each other just real quick, I think it also helped that we're kind of at the same, like place in our lives a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of similar. Like we're both married. Um, mm-hmm. we both have full-time jobs outside of doing this and I think it was just kind of cool for us to meet someone else that was and I mean we're not like as young as some of the other producers that are around here that are you know like teens or whatever trying to do it you know we're um I'm like 25 you just turned 30 yeah and so yeah I think there's something to
0: that a little bit because I've kind of figured out it took me 27 years probably 28 years to realize like this is what I wanted to do for mm -hmm. sure or it, this is what I'm going to be doing whether or not it's like a career move so I decided I want to be able to spend more time doing it turn it into a career and I think we just kind of were in a similar position as far as like our thinking about music like what we wanted out of music and I think like you said a lot of that probably is to do with we both had jobs we've both been in school and this kind of thing whereas maybe like a 20 year old might not be, they like music or they want, they think they want to do music,
1: but they're not entirely sure what that looks like in their life because they've still got a lot of life to live. <laughs> just the life mindset. I think we were kind of on the same right. wavelength. So yeah. it was
0: just nice. Um, but I want to talk about, I guess, kind of since this is your uh, podcast episode, I want to talk a little bit about what you've done and um, just some goals and stuff I got guess that you've... Got so you've done some um, artist work. You've gotten some placements with artists, both locally and non locally, mm-hmm. um, which are doing well. By the way, some of the top plays on the, the their projects, if I remember right, is some of the tracks that you worked on. Yeah, um, and uh, and also just collabs with other producers. I see you hitting people up um, and doing collabs. You're you're very serious about. Consistency and posting, having an online presence of some sort, posting on Instagram, posting on YouTube, um, content and kind of experimenting with that. But, um, that consistency, I think really stands out to me too. Um, and, uh, I noticed, too, that you seem to be very informed. I don't know if you're, like, a researcher type or what, but you're very up on, like, local artists, local producers. You're up on, like, industry trends. You're up on, like, the hot new artists that are coming out. Like, I'm always like, oh, dang, have you heard this track? And you would say, yeah, that's so cool. I've been listening to that for a while and, like, You should also check out these other artists who are, like, even less known and stuff like that. So um, a couple things. Those are just, like, a few standout things um, that I've noticed from you. I appreciate it. But um, kind of jumping back into—so that's kind of just to give everyone an idea, I guess, of where you're coming from. You didn't just start yesterday. You've worked with some artists. You've worked with some producers. um, And— Yeah, putting putting out content. I want to jump back into that a little in a little bit, um, but let's talk a little bit about Boise because we both live here in Boise. Um, It's a small town, but it's not honestly as small as it used to be. It's growing a lot, and Boise is in Idaho, so everyone probably imagines it being way smaller than it is. Mm. What is your? I mean, how do you? How would you
1: describe Boise to somebody who has no idea? Boise ooh um how would I describe it I guess I would describe it as like a fast-growing town that's mm. kind of at a identity crisis <laughs> um, it's not really sure what it wants to be yet uh, it's trying to figure out where it's kind of gonna align and um, Boise I was looking at um, some like stats of when I first moved here just trying to figure out what Boise was like and just to kind of give everyone like an idea of what it looked like like the minority population in Boise when we first moved here was like less than two percent and it's gone up a lot since Mm -hmm. then but so I think that's kind of an important thing to look at when you're looking at Boise it's just the more people that come here from different backgrounds and everything like it's gonna be really cool to um, for everything to come together I mean you look at all the diversity of sound that originates in places that have all that those different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. like whether that be um, in New York or L.A., just for easy examples, but then also newer places like Portland popping up and stuff. Like, It's really awesome, and I think Boise is going to kind of start to go that route, I hope. Yeah, um, I think that's an
0: interesting observation. I I hadn't thought about too much, but I think the way you said they have an identity crisis is interesting, and I think it's actually like a cool opportunity for the music scene a little mm-hmm. bit and and see where that
1: goes. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. But how long have you been in the area by chance? I don't know if I've asked you that before. <laughs> yeah. So I actually was born in Wenatchee, Washington. Okay. Um, but we moved here when I was two. So oh, really? I don't remember it at all. Okay. Um, but, so I've been here for 23 years then. Gotcha. So, That's yeah. crazy.
0: I didn't realize it had been that long. Um, uh, do you so growing up in the area um did you go to many concerts and stuff like that or in the area or get to be around
1: live music scene or anything like that No so funny enough growing up uh I grew up in a pretty religious household Uh-huh um and we were not allowed to listen to any hip hop whatsoever <laughs> um, so I, when I was young, I think I found hip hop cause I got really into the NBA uh, and that was at the time of like Iverson and stuff yep. and like, so hip hop culture was starting to get big in right. the NBA and I was just so fascinated by it. I had no idea what it was, but all I knew was that these guys were so cool and like, and that was kind of what drove my love for basketball, which I played okay. up until, uh, college. I played all through high school and then, um, and then, yeah, I think my mom bought me like the, my earliest memory of hip hop is like my mom <laughs> bought me this, these DVDs that you could buy in like Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. and it was called like Ankle Breakers okay. DVDs uh-huh. and it came with a soundtrack.
0: Okay. So yeah. it's like a dance DVD or something with a soundtrack. What is Ankle no. Breakers? Oh, it, like, so it for is crossover. for, okay, yeah, gotcha. So it was basketball, basketball themed. Yeah. Did you realize that it had like this soundtrack on it? I mean, I think she
1: kind of knew, okay. yeah, but I don't think she was aware that, like, a CD in it was specifically for... Okay. It like, was a, a totally separate disc, just, yeah, like, literally just a CD soundtrack music. And okay. so I put, remember I snuck it one time when she was... I think she had taken, like, my siblings to, like, violin lessons <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just me... And I, I went up and I s- grabbed the DVD and I snuck the CD in and I listened to it on my computer and uh-huh. I was like, I don't know what any of this stuff is, it's <laughs> so cool. And it had, like, Common on it and, like, okay. the Ying Yang twins right. and, like, yeah, so that was, like, my earliest memory of hip-hop
0: okay nice um that's really interesting and interestingly a little bit similar (laughs) to my background but uh talk about i guess like today music scene what do you think particularly in like hip-hop local area stuff do you see anything really happening or uh potential for anything to happen
1: yeah so going back to uh what you asked right before this where you were like if you know, what have you noticed in the local Uh scene and stuff? Um, I was like you. I spent a lot of time looking, like, because I just didn't know who was here. So, like, when I first decided I wanted to get into music, um, I thought that I wanted to actually rap. Mm -hmm. And so me and my brother did that for a little bit. But, I mean, then I was like, I don't really like this because I don't like being on stage and stuff. But um, it just wasn't fun to me. But that was how I discovered producing. Okay. Because I was trying to do tracks for us, and I was like, this is a lot harder than it looks. Right, yeah. Okay. I was like, I kind of need to, if I'm going to focus on this, I'm going to focus on this completely. So I switched to just producing. But, um, yeah, so during that time, though, when we were both trying to, like, find shows to play and stuff, like, that was when I got kind of really into, like, trying to find who's here and just Mm -hmm. figure out who's in the area. Mm -hmm. And, um that was actually how I met, like, Y&M and stuff, which okay. is one of the local groups here that I've been working with. And, uh yeah, and that's kind of how, like, when I met you, mm-hmm. and you're like, how do you know everybody? I'm just mm-hmm. like, I haven't been looking for years, like, <laughs> trying <laughs> right. to find, figure out who everyone is. Because right. like, there wasn't really, like, a centralized place for anyone. What do you think that says about the culture in the area. I mean, nobody's talking, I guess. I think it kind of speaks a little bit to, like, the identity crisis that I was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, Because Boise, yeah, it's growing, but we're still very much in, like, a rural mind state, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of spread out between, like, Boise, Meridian, Nampa. Like, everywhere is pretty spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, depending on what town you're in. I'm sure, you know, if it's a more rural area, everybody's kind of spread out. And so it just i think it kind of just gets in people's minds of like oh i might be the only one mm-hmm. around for a you know like a big portion of right. distance like and i don't know who else is around here how do you think that changes
0: how a producer works or like their drive or anything like that what what effect do you think that has being an only person in a town potentially because we have the internet right
1: yeah what I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? I guess that's kind of what I've been trying to figure out. Because, like, you'll hear about, um, like, I think one of the biggest uh, stories that I've heard about that is Judge Beats, um, mm-hmm. who's this producer from Kansas, who got a song placed with Young Thug. Like, or maybe even, like, Keanu Beats, mm-hmm. who's over in Australia, and he's getting placements with, like, Dreamville and right. Baby Keem and all them. like. Yeah. I just have – that's really what I've been trying to understand is that, like, internet connection because it's so different. Like, I feel like I do pretty good when I meet people in person. Yeah. And, you know, because that in itself is I feel like is a skill, mm-hmm. um, being able to, like, be personable and network with people in person. But I feel like it translates really differently when you're, like, online – going, mm-hmm. like, through Instagram DMs and stuff and emails. And I think that's kind of still what I'm trying to to get a hold on, you know? Right. Um, so would you say then it's been
0: easier to work with local artists than online artists in general?
1: Um, I don't know. I would say probably it's actually been a little easier still to work with people not in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, just because everything that has happened with them has happened super quick. Mm. Um, so like I worked with, uh, this guy named Hurricane Caesar mm-hmm. out of Atlanta and, uh, from when I sent him the beat to when he ended up putting out the project and stuff, I mean, it was probably a matter of like a few months is all. Okay. Do you think that ties back into the, the Idaho mindset?
0: hmm yeah. Th- yeah. Things move a little slower. I, in think Boise, it, I, know. I Yeah,
1: I think it's a lot different when you're in a place like Atlanta or whatever and you're seeing all of these people put out projects mm-hmm. and all these people performing like, you know, every other night or like, I mean, because like I've followed Hurricane on Instagram and stuff and he's already done probably six shows. Mm-hmm. Like, so just since his project release. Right. And so I think that once you're in a place like that and you're seeing all of the people right. and how fast they're w- moving. It's more and, real. Yeah, and how fast mm-hmm. the music scene, you know, how, like, mm-hmm. people put out just product after product, mm-hmm. you know, all these projects and stuff. I think it kind of makes you be like, oh, I need to, you know, get moving too. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe people tend to fall into that a little bit here in Boise where it's like, oh, I don't really see what other people are doing. Um, so, you know, I'm moving pretty fast. But in reality of how fast the music industry works and is the pace it's at going at right now. Yeah it's not as fast as prob- maybe they think it is.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um like m- you might make a beat, beat a week cuz your buddies made two beats last year and think, "Dang, I'm killing it." Mm-hmm. And then but some guy in Atlanta's making like 10 beats a day. Yeah. Not that 10 beats a day is better than a beat a week, but yeah, just to know to see what people are actually doing or see what's really possible. Um, when people are like taking serious, taking it serious, I kind of wonder though. Do you think it's like a self belief thing, or do you think it's a lack of like mentors and examples here? Because I mean, with the internet, I know that um, Nick Mira is making ten beats a day in yeah. L.A. or whatever it is. So, do you think it's up in producers' heads like? I I'm just in a small city. I don't know if I can actually like do anything with this. I don't see anything. It's like less real to see someone like Nick Mira on the internet making beats and being successful versus like being there in the house and seeing it happen and seeing him get these record deals. Maybe I'm thinking like I I don't know. Do you think it's, it's like a lack of self-belief or do you think it's actually like the connections or the being down the street from the studio. Hmm.
1: Um, man, I don't know. I feel like it probably has to do with, yeah, just not having that around you, you know, not seeing it. Cause if you think about people who have really broken into the music industry from Idaho, mm-hmm. um, there's not a ton. I mean, there have, been people who have had some success and mm-hmm. stuff but right. to the level of like of someone being like oh you know I know that artist yeah. and they're from no. my hometown like you know that's you've got to dig yeah to find the popping artist or whatever in Idaho it's not like if somebody named the song you would go oh I didn't know they were from Idaho you just wouldn't know the song yeah exactly so um I also think it has to do with um probably just a lack of hip-hop uh, awareness in the pop culture, like, that we have here in Boise. Just because Idaho is, I mean, it's definitely a little bit behind on trends. I mean, if you go into a store, mm-hmm. like, you can see it even in, like, clothes. Like, mm-hmm. we're all we're always a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of part of it, too, is mm-hmm. people are just a little behind. And that's fine because that's what happens as a city grows. Yeah. Yeah, it it's something I think about. Like, what if somebody...
0: What if murder beats moved to Boise like? He's probably not gonna start moving any different unless he's getting out of the game or something like that like I don't know like how would that change my mindset if I knew that there were major producers or major artists in the area? Um, Like getting myself out there or like how much harder harder I'd be working I wonder if sometimes if that would change just being over the internet is harder It's less motivating than if, like, I met Murder Beats and he said, look, you know, I came from a small town or something. (laughs)
1: Like, I don't know where he's actually from (laughs) or
0: whatever. I believe
1: he's from Michigan. Okay. Okay. Um, Um, But, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, yeah, what you're saying. Because, like, if you're thinking about, like, even a place like Seattle a few years ago probably longer than that, but, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, you would not have thought of Seattle as being, like, a a hip-hop scene or whatever. But um, all of a sudden, like, Macklemore pops up there, and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden Lil Mosey pops up there, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, and it's just, like, from there, I think you're right. I think people kind of see, like, oh, these artists are from this area, and they're popping off, or, like, Amine from, like, Portland. Like, you know, and it Mm -hmm. excites people, and it gets them, like... Oh, I can do it too. And then you want to like work so that you can one day work with that artist. And yeah. So I think it's
0: easy to want to go it alone and make a hit in your bedroom by yourself Mm -hmm. and then have people like want to come to you as opposed to building um, support with your local artists and local community and then letting that kind of launch you in a way. What are your thoughts on one versus the other? Do you think it matters to build any at all locally now that you can have just like a
1: hit on the Internet? Um, you know, I think it really goes both ways now because of the Internet. It has influenced it in both ways. I think you can easily work with local people, local artists, and because of the Internet, you can blow up. Mm-hmm off of this one song that goes crazy. By the same token, because of the internet, you can connect with people from wherever Mm -hmm. and blow up with them if they're in a bigger area or whatever. Right. So what you're saying is there's not one way to do it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that is kind of the tricky part um, that we as producers um, have to deal with because you're always the grass is always greener, you know, you're like kind of chasing. Oh, I think if I just work with, you know, people outside of the city, I'll have a better chance. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, ah, well, maybe I should work with the people in the city because mm-hmm. we could have a hit like, you know, so it's One, hard. 100%.
0: Um, I definitely struggle with that. And so how do you decide like what to pursue? Cause you have to, at the end of the day, you have to make a decision. Like, I'm going to focus in this area. I'm going to reach out to local artists how do how do you make that decision because you don't know
1: what's going to work right do you think it's a guess um I think it is but I think it's it can be an educated guess yeah if you want it to be um so kind of what I was realizing as I was going and kind of getting my name out there and stuff is one of the things I was realizing I was like People aren't really taking me seriously, which I don't blame them because they don't know me, Mm -hmm. and they don't know who I am, Mm -hmm. and they don't know what I have to offer. So I think going back to what you were saying about how I'm consistent online, I mean, that's the real reason why is because I want people to be able to go to my profiles, whatever they are, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and be like, oh, he's consistent. Like Mm -hmm. he makes stuff. This is what he makes. This is what it sounds like. This is different stuff he can do. Right. And... I think that that is probably why I'm so driven to do that, is I want people to see that.
0: Okay, so you're trying to accurately represent yourself online, basically, yeah. through what you're posting. Okay, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And um, I think that's probably good advice for anybody uh, to do, just because if even if you're lazy... If you were lazy and you barely posted, like, but you talked about being lazy, I feel like and like, how you struggled with it, I feel like that's relatable to a lot of people who have a hard time posting kind of thing. So I think there's definitely uh, a lot of value in that. Um, So I was curious then, like, what does that look like? How does that fit in with, like, a long-term goal, I guess? Are you looking for more of like a major placement type thing or are you looking more interested in developing artists or uh, does it matter to you or have you even thought about what you for sure want to be doing in like five or ten years whatever it is down the road
1: yeah i thought a lot about which one i wanted to do and which one sounded more fun and i was kind of going back and forth but then i think in the end i watched a fader interview with kenny beads mm-hmm. and I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to Kenny, but mm-hmm. um, he's a nice guy, very relatable. <laughs> but um, he just said, he's like, you know, I just like to make music for fun, and if it's not fun, I don't do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of what I have been, my mindset has been recently in the past few months. is It's like, I'm going to make this music that's fun to me with the people that I have fun making it with, and things will kind of just come from there. Mm-hmm. Like, the... um the beat that you and I made um, where I sent you the loop and then you sent that back and mm-hmm. then the uh, valid point asked for it. Mm-hmm. That was just fun. Right. And I just had fun doing totally. it sending that to you. Right. And it seemed like you had fun making yeah. it and sending it back and totally. then they liked it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of been my mindset now is I'm like, I'm just going to have fun, post what I think is fun. And I believe that, you know, success will follow that.
0: Okay, that's really interesting cuz and me to me that really parallels what you're saying about just putting yourself out there like an accurate representation of yourself because if you're just doing the things that are fun to you and you're not worried so much about like is this I, is this on the current trend? Like does this sound like, you know, uh whatever style beat that everybody's wanting right now? Um it's just what you want to make and I think uh, I think that is super valuable. What I struggle with is, like, how do you balance that with making, uh, well, okay, so how do you think that plays out long term? Because I have also seen artists, and I've definitely heard this, and maybe it's just a stereotype, but that artists just do, like, what they want to do, their purest art or whatever it is and it doesn't go anywhere because they don't focus at all on like business aspects or like mm. um the business side of art and how they can actually like support themselves do you see that as a separate thing or i mean do you are you pl- like how do you how do you look at that are you playing the long game and you're just going to let the pieces kind of fall into place how they make sense, but you're just going to keep pushing forward or how, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I've kind of already made up in my mind mentally that I'm going to do music forever. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I don't know. I mean, not to get like too deep or anything, but like, I do kind of have the mindset of like, life's pretty short. Um, you know, right. Uh, I want to do what I'm, Want to do, you know, while I'm here. So I think that that plays a big part in that. So I've already made up my mind mentally that I'm going to do this for as long as it takes. But um, you know, on top of that, in terms of like the business side of things, uh, just every producer ever that I've been following, at least it seems like, has always said that business is eighty percent of it, Mm -hmm. and making beats is the other twenty percent, and that's why. You know, yeah, and that can change, of course, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, like if you look at like internet money, like, you know, Taz handles most of the business right. stuff and the rest of them just do beats. But right. that's a pretty rare um, occurrence. So, yeah, I do think that that's also part of it is I have been or I was for a while lacking on the business side of things. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to come back and bite me. Mm hmm. Um so you know. how do you get
0: started how did you get started in like figuring out some of that aspect of the business of music whether it's like making a a product that appeals to rappers or artists or just like investing money back into your business or anything like that did you did you just like start looking for Podcasts or something, and and try and get some ideas. Or what was your approach when you realized you need to to be a little more focused on
1: the business side? Um, yeah, I think I definitely started listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos, and I just wanted the basics. I think that's mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think that you need to go in yeah. being some kind of, you know, entertainment lawyer level like right. knowing all the splits and the royalties and the, like all everything like that because there's things that will do that for you like song trust and right. stuff. But I do think you do have to have some entry level knowledge of like the music industry, what you're getting into, how splits work because you know, and and I don't know all of it perfectly, but I mean, I would have an idea of if oh I'm probably getting ripped off here. Like, you know, right. Yeah. so, yeah. and that's just kind of what I would, my advice okay. would be for everyone is just make sure that you have that knowledge going in at least. Okay. Um.
0: Do you, How do you feel, kind of talking about the business and about Taz Taylor, how do you think, how, how do you feel about having a team around you as a producer? Because a lot of times that's like a rapper thing, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like is getting a team together. Yeah. Do you think that's something producers should try and, try and do?
1: Yeah. I mean, if it works, Mm -hmm. sure. I mean, I think as we've seen with internet money, there are people who dislike it or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and they have plenty of people who on the internet are very vocal about not liking internet money for, you know, whatever. And then there's been people to cycle through the group and stuff. Um, So I do think it takes a, pretty, it just takes a different mindset. I think, I think you just kind of have to really realize like, okay, it's a business, like, you know, and sure, you know, maybe you can have friends and stuff, but if someone is not doing what they're supposed to do or whatever, you know, I think you have to have someone who's willing to make the tough decisions and be like, this person is not going to be helping us any longer. Right. So I think it is tough. Yeah. Have you thought about finding
0: somebody and doing kind of like a... Because you hear about... I mean, whether it's like Q Beats' brothers, right? Or um, kind of like producer duos, uh, Day Trip. You know, mm-hmm. it's a couple guys. Have you thought about doing anything like that? Or do you like the idea
1: of just solo? Um, I actually... I made a... So the beat... Um, just for a little background uh, for everyone. I... Entered the Axe the Label Contest, and I won that with a beat that me and my friend made. Um, which, it was a just a beat contest hosted by Axe, mm-hmm. which is weird, but yeah. <laughs> and uh, Zaytoven and Yachty uh, picked mm-hmm. the beats, which ones they liked. and So we got honorable mention in it. Uh, we were one of the top eight or whatever nice. uh, winners of that beat contest. And I got really excited, and I was like, this is the start. Like, you know, yeah. this is... The takeoff and here we go. And I was all ready. And, um, my friend was excited too, but I think just not quite as prepared to go full into it as mm-hmm. I was, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I understand. I mm-hmm. mean, he had a full-time, you know, he has a full-time yeah. job and he uh, has a girlfriend and everything. So, um, I think that made me a little apprehensive just yeah. because that ended up you know i don't i don't don't even know if he does music anymore i'm not sure but um so yeah i was just a little bummed out by that right that makes sense um i guess i i kind of look at
0: it, it's very unofficial but i in a in a way i feel like we almost have like a little bit of a partnership just in that like we we talk a lot right um do you feel like that is something that you would recommend to other people in a small town or do you cuz i mean we i mean we already kind of talked about it a little bit
1: definitely i think finding those people that you connect with not just in music but also kind of in where you are in life i think is pretty important and i do think that yeah we kind of do have like a bit of a um kind of connection or whatever in the Mm -hmm. music industry like that and I mean that's why I asked you to go host this with me (laughs) because that's how we're we're here (laughs) I was like if there's anybody that I want here and is gonna make me because I mean I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm thinking about it you know I was a little nervous and apprehensive about starting podcasts and interviewing people and stuff and I was like well who would I have with me that would make me feel like a little more confident and right. stuff, and like, so I was like, "That's Luke." So <laughs> awesome, yeah. I'm glad sure. to hear that. Uh, so, but
0: being from a small town, I guess, or imagine like a smaller town, real small town. How do you think you connect? how How would you go about? I guess maybe first talk a little bit about your process because you had researched and, and found some local producers and artists. Maybe like what you saw that worked for finding them and finding some that were maybe more serious. And then any thoughts on... Yeah, I guess start there. And then maybe we can like scale it down and see if this was a a tiny town.
1: Like, would we have to travel kind of thing? Yeah. Um, Shoot. Uh, I I I found everyone from online. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is hilarious, actually. Yeah. (laughs) But it was really hard. Like we were saying, it's really hard to find them online, some of the people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I found the majority of people online and... I Found them just like through Instagram and mm-hmm. stuff and I was kind of doing the thing where I would go and be like well Who are they following like, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and like go yep. through their follows and um, following and followers and then uh, I think I also Utilized SoundCloud because I was back mm-hmm. when SoundCloud. Yep. I mean, it's still a pretty big uh, Platform, but it was huge back when I was looking and that was how I found Y&M actually for Mountain Home. Okay. Yeah, I just typed in, like, Idaho or something, or, like, Boise or something, and they popped up. Right. And I listened, and I was like, oh, they sound pretty good. And then I just messaged them and went from there. Right. So
0: I think, I mean, one thing that you're saying that I'm hearing anyways, reading between the lines a little bit, is there's no music events here in Idaho, really. Very few to none about, like, hip-hop. But there are people here who are making it. Uh, making the music
1: yeah it's like i was saying like hurricane uh caesar in atlanta like he's already done like probably six shows or whatever Mm -hmm. for his project and in that time i think we've had six shows total Mm -hmm. (laughs) of hip-hop in boise yeah like it's just not that popular i mean like people will go to the shows and stuff like when wi-fi's funeral came it was a pretty good turnout and stuff and like but it's not to the point of, like, where we are still, where, like, the, um, you know, Idaho Center out in Nampa will sell out, like, because Kenny Chesney's here or whatever. You know, like, right. it's just not on the same level. Yep. Yeah, and there's not, like, any
0: kind of consistent local showcases or anything where you can connect right. with other
1: creators. And even the ones that I've seen that have happened, um, even when me and my brother were trying to do it, um, it, there just wasn't a lot of people that showed up. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not really showing up for local people like that.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I think, I think it's just kind of a disconnect. the The scene is disconnected because I take back what I said. There are some local showcase shows and stuff like that. I think they're few and far between, and you won't always hear about it unless you like know somebody who knows somebody who's going to be playing there. Um, and so it's kind of interesting how much you have to rely on social media to connect with local, (laughs) local artists, uh, which seems unexpected, but how does that differ from meeting with non-local artists? Like at that point, does it, does, is it any better to connect with the local artists versus if I'm putting in the work, tracking them down, messaging them, all this stuff online, is it any better working with local artists who are maybe up and coming, maybe not as talented, whatever it may be, definitely don't have the following potentially as
1: artists in other towns. Do you think it's worth it to just look elsewhere? Um, I mean, I guess yes and no. I mean, kind of, cause I would say that I think it does help if they're local. So like, you know, my best example that I'm going to keep going back to is Y&M. Mm-hmm. Um, they're from Mountain Home, so they're far. Right. Like, it's like an hour drive or whatever it, from yeah, where least, we are. Yeah, at least, think. Yeah, but when they do come in to Boise and do shows, it's cool to be able to go and, like, meet up with them and talk and, like, kind of get to know each other a little better on that personal level. Um, whereas if you're working with someone who's completely out of state, I mean, you'll probably never meet them at least not for a long time and you know unless you both get like really big and then can like fly to see each right. other but yep. um but yeah so I do think that it, it does help some yeah to be able to see them in person talk to them kind of get to know what they want and stuff and um you're on the same like time zone even mm-hmm. that might help right you know because they'll be like in the studio and be like hey send us beats and you'll be like okay and you'll know that you're not like late sending them or whatever you know right Um, how do you feel
0: about I'm not asking about any particular artist or anything but finding quality artists can be hard in the area I think and finding a quality dedicated artist is like seems really hard to be honest Um, how do you how do they just kind of stand out to you when you follow what they're doing or um, do you get discouraged i guess by trying to work with people and it just didn't turn out the way you had imagined you sent them some beats and oh these are cool we're not gonna are not going to or gonna totally use these on our ep that drops in like 12 months kind
1: of thing um yeah i think it's kind of hard to read that just because i've sent out so many beats to artists in their emails that you know i've never heard anything at all but it definitely does hit you different When it's like a local artist and they're like, oh, these are cool. Like, can't wait to use these. And then nothing Mm -hmm. from there, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't hear anything ever. Um, I think think it kind of just goes back to what we were talking about where it's like you don't have that same level of output like in Mm -hmm. a place like Atlanta or New York or wherever, you know, even like Memphis right now. Like there's just... They're working at just such a crazy clip Of Mm -hmm. like releasing music in those areas And I think it's just kind of hard To really For local artists So you know I don't don't think that they're like Not working as hard or anything I just don't think they're Working in the same Mind frame You know Right It's it's Like a stream You know Mm -hmm. Coming from those cities And I think it's just kind of hard To wrap your head around here
0: Right Do you see local artists who you think have that mindset? Or do you just have to decide to be patient with local artists or not wait for them, just try and do, like, a
1: shotgun blast versus, like, a single artist to work with? Um, I think there's definitely artists here that are getting into that mindset, yeah, Mm -hmm. of, like, I need to have... I mean, because there's a lot more to it, obviously, also than just putting out projects. I mean, there's also... Like, is this, does this artist know how to promo? Like, do right. they know that they need music videos? Do they know that they need to be posting correctly? Are they on the social medias, the correct social medias? Um yeah. So, because, like, I was looking at, um, I think it was Anthony Fantano was talking about, like, how much each streaming service pays. And and it also had on the graph, like, how many people are on each streaming service. Mm-hmm. like. The average person out of 100 mm-hmm. and it was like youtube was at the top mm. like i think it was like 96 out of 100 people are on youtube yeah. daily yeah um but then the their payout is very low mm-hmm. extremely low right yeah whereas something like title only like four out of the 100 people are on it but their payout's the highest right so i think that was just a really interesting way of looking at it and being like okay I need to figure out how to use all of these to my advantage. I need to be on YouTube with the music videos so that I'm connecting with all of these people, the millions of people who are going to see me, and then direct them to the streaming service that's going to be most beneficial to me. Mm. And so once you start looking at all of that stuff and how much goes into it, um, I mean, yeah, I don't blame artists, you know, because it's hard. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Right. But there's definitely artists from here that... Are getting on the music video game that are you know starting to really ratchet up their output of music and um, yeah I think we'll start to see a lot more of that Um, yeah I definitely I definitely hope so Uh,
0: I think part of it too is probably just a little bit of um, people seeing some examples online but then uh, of like a Cole Bennett or whatever it is doing video and then they start, they get inspired to pick up a camera and start shooting music videos, but also just people coming in from out of town, out of state and stuff like that, um, who, who maybe are inclined already. And now all of a sudden they're like a bigger fish in a small pond. Do you think that's like, how, how important do you think that approach is to have something to, to set you apart? Cause I would say there's a lot of artists here. Um, how do you attract the good ones or do you think you just have to seek them out? Do you think there's like, are you trying are you thinking if I just have like the best beats or I need to do like be able to record I don't know if you've had artists ask you about if you do recording, that kind of thing, but when those good artists come along, how do you think the ones who are serious, the ones who have their social media straight or whatever it is, how do you get in with those
1: guys? Well, I think that's why, again, I've been so consistent and anal about how my, uh, you know, my mm-hmm. social media is looking and my output, um, because I've noticed that as that has gone up, so has people approaching me that are serious about mm. collaborating, because like that was when I really started pushing it was when. I think I had just started met you mm-hmm. and you were very serious about getting music done and stuff. And I don't even think I was at the level that I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And so I think even more, um, I'm going to start to, cause I don't even know if I'm really seeking anyone out right now. I think it's kind of almost like a natural thing where people are just kind of gravitating towards the other people that they see are like, Oh, well this person is also working a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so am I. Mm-hmm. And then so I've been able to connect with other producers that want to work as hard and also mm-hmm. other artists that, you know, are wanting to work as hard as well.
0: How do you feel about using the fact that you're in a small town to your own advantage? Because you had talked about Boise moves slow. Mm-hmm. And what I see you saying is you're using that as an opportunity to stand out.
1: Yeah, I f- I don't know if that's working. I'm just obviously, maybe my narcissism is playing in here, or whatever. Where I'm like, yeah, I'm moving really fast and it's working out for me. <laughs> but I do think that that's part of my motivation. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, it's helping. But yeah, I'm trying to stand out. I would say and be like, you know, hey, I'm I'm trying to step out of the box. You right. know, I'm doing, trying to do a podcast and I'm trying to meet these people and I'm trying to have my output be a lot higher than, you know, maybe what I'm seeing and um yeah, and if that, like I said, if that's attracting people and drawing people to me because they also want to have mm-hmm. this successful output of, you know, music and projects and stuff, then yeah, definitely. I think
0: that's super important and I think that's a really smart strategy also instead of just being upset that people are moving slow like a little bit set an example but then the people who are like kind of in the woodwork or in their bedroom or whatever are more likely to notice like i'm i'm in here making songs every single day i see kane out there like posting beats and posting videos and stuff every single day like he looks like he's as driven as i am maybe we can like pair up and when we talk it, it like gets into your the way you talk about things like you can tell that you're serious how do you tell people like outside of your music friends that you work on music or anything like that? Like how, how much does music, how much have you allowed it to kind of be real in your life? Cause that was something that I had a, a little bit of a hard time with is like, it can be especially like I think rappers get a bad rap no pun intended like it sounds corny to say I'm a rapper a lot of times especially in a city that has no rap music scene
1: that was just being talked about actually on the music entrepreneur club (laughs) yeah someone was like what do you think about because I guess Gary V went on this uh, rant or whatever Uh kind of about people putting like rapper or like entrepreneur in their bio or whatever and um, so that was a big topic on there, which so that's funny you ask that. But yeah, I think at first I was, yeah, definitely like scared to, you know, admit mm-hmm. like and I've even met I've even met people from here who like I know they rap and stuff. And when I ask them, oh what do you do? They're kind of like, Oh, I rap, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like Yeah. Which I mean, however you want to approach it, go for it. But for me it's like I am proud of the content that I put out. Um and I believe in my product, so I have no problem being like, yeah, I produce, I make music, mm-hmm. if you want to hear it, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I don't want to, like, be really, like, annoying about mm-hmm. it because, right. I mean, there's also that line you can have totally. where you're like, yeah, I'm a producer, let me play you my beat tape. And, right. like, <laughs> no one wants that. But, yeah, no, I don't have a problem telling people. I even almost got uh, my first job from... <laughs> it was kind of sad that it fell through, but... um because me and my wife were in the wedding industry. That's what we mm-hmm. do full-time. Um, and we, there was a DJ asking because his friend wanted people to make, uh, like, sound music bites for him for, okay. like, a commercial clip. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with him, and I really wanted to do uh-huh. it because I was like, this sounds really cool yeah. and, like, a good opportunity. And he ended up going with someone else. But um, so even from there, you know, yeah, I'm not afraid to, like, be like, yeah, I do music. Like, yeah, <laughs> let me try. I think that...
0: That's really good. I think like the DJ guy, opportunities do come up and maybe it doesn't lead to something immediately, but it might be like somebody who isn't a rapper, but they know somebody or their cousin Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So I think just being open and confident about it goes a long way. But that's also hard to do. It's hard to be confident in your music, I think, especially early on. Like, did that just take time for you to build that confidence and be okay sending it out to people? Or did it take, like, a rapper that was, like, good to tell you that your beat is good? Or how did you kind of get over that self-doubt hurdle?
1: Um, Or have you gotten (laughs) over it? It like sounds like you're making good steps. I don't think anyone ever really gets over it. Mm. I think even Nick Mira tweeted, he was like, I don't know how you guys go on and think that your beats are amazing because I hear mine the next day and they're trash. And I feel that like on a personal level because I'll go back and be like, man, this beat was so cool when I made it yesterday. And I'll listen and I'll be like, eh, it's okay. Like, you know, even though it probably is good, yeah. But it's just like, it never sounds quite as good to you. But I think the way I got over it was just... I don't even know. It was just some blind thing where I was like, if this is really what I'm going to do, like, I just, I'm going to have to go for it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just forced myself. But I mean, I think that's why I was taking so long to make beats at first when I was starting out was because I, that was part of just my anxiety was like, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make them and show people and stuff but as i've started progressing and making them faster and faster Mm -hmm. like i think that's just me being like okay i'm finally getting over this mental block of like my beats aren't good enough Mm -hmm. they are people will like them and i just need to find those people so
0: i don't want to jump too much into the conversation of music being objectively good or just subjectively good or anything like that um but (laughs) I just kicked my water over On the carpet (laughs) It's all good Do you think I I kind of wonder sometimes if uh, The bad beats Become a trend In some way or another You know what I mean? Like somebody who has Their hi-hats way too loud And obnoxious Or somebody who made their 808 way distorted Or going back to when like electric guitar they distorted it and then it was like punk music or whatever don't i don't know like all that history but do you think the confidence is important for people to know if your music is even good Mm -hmm.
1: i think that i don't know if i said yes to that correctly but um (laughs) I i think like what you're saying is and i this has kind of just been, I think, part of the mindset that I've taken also, which is why it's helped me, is it's like literally there is someone for every beat. Like mm. someone is going to think that one of your beats is good. Like obviously if it's like out of time and like, like you know, it's just right. absolute trash, then sure, yeah, you need to work on it. But like you're saying, you're going like to distorted 808s. People hated distorted 808s. Oh, your 808s are clipping. They're distorted. Mm-hmm. They sound gross. You need to fix them then we got the SoundCloud wave where it was like that was what you did and like people wanted that sound Um, or like I mean I don't know just even in my own experience I had a beat that I it was super simple I just looped like a couple of keys going down in like a I don't know just over and over Um, and I didn't know what it was and it was kind of simple and Mm -hmm. kind of weird and I was like oh this is kind of interesting and um, that was how I connected with Hurricane was okay. he wanted that one. Gotcha. And I was like, and I thought it was absolute trash. Cause mm-hmm. like I had sent it into a beat critique just to see what people thought of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember who the producer is, but I won't say who it was, but, <laughs> and he was, he played it for like 10 seconds and then he turned it off and he's like, I don't know what that was. And he's like, you need to go back to the drawing board on that Dang. one. Like that was trash. And Harsh. I was like and I felt horrible and like yeah. I didn't make beats for like three days after or whatever you know I just felt like so crushed but then that was the one he wanted mm. and so I'm like you know what like there are no rules in any of this like as long as you're making stuff that you appreciate and you know and as long as it sounds somewhat within mm. the scope of you know don't be like distorting everything but yeah I think there's something for everybody
0: yeah um I agree even though it's hard still to like wrap my mind around that Mm -hmm. and there's beats on my hard drive that are really hard for me to like put out in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) how do you take how do you put that mindset of a person for every beat or a beat for every person I don't remember how you said it but how do you practice that like how does that affect how you send things out or how
1: you talk to people Um, other artists and stuff like that? Uh, It definitely affects how I send stuff out and put stuff out. I mean, a lot of the beats that I've put up, I don't like. Mm. But I'm like, someone might. And I I don't want that in the back of my head of, oh, if you'd put that out, Mm. what if someone had decided they liked it? And I don't want that what if. So that overrides my fear of being like, I don't like this interesting okay so you
0: don't so the the worry that somebody do you think somebody could come to your page and like this beat is really good and then click on like another beat and be like oof you know Mm. i don't want to work with this guy because not all his beats are good isn't that like ridiculous i guess i'm just trying to think like is there a downside to that mentality or do you do you think it's
1: just like the way to go? If there is, I haven't found it. Yeah. Because I I don't even know if that's how people operate. I think they just hear the one thing mm-hmm. and are like, Yes. Cause yeah. like, um I think this week I've already met with like two producers. You were at one of them mm-hmm. and we were working with them and the second guy that I worked with, uh, you know, he had approached me before because he'd heard a beat that I had done and he really liked it and was like, we need to get together and work. Then he heard another one that I had done and was like, we really need to get together. Mm-hmm. So we made it happen, put it together, met up, made beats. I don't, th- I don't know that he's heard any of my other beats. Mm. I showed him some when we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my newer ones, but yeah. I don't think he went and really listened to any of my other ones. Interesting. And I think that's kind of how it goes. Like when Valid Point wanted that beat that we did, mm-hmm. I don't think he listened to any of my other stuff. He's just like, I want that one because right. I like that one. Yeah. Like, so I don't think it really matters. I don't know. Um,
0: that's a really interesting point, and I am curious if you think that that's a benefit of working with an artist more at your level or if it matters. Because in my head, if I send a pack of 10 beats, let's say, to an artist who's like blowing up a little bit, right? They might get the email. They might even open the email and start clicking through beats. But if they get three beats in and they're totally not in their lane, right, then they might just close it out. But if it's a local artist and he maybe has five producers send him a beat all month, he's probably going to click through all those beats Mm. and find that one that sticks out to him. Do you think that, I mean, do you change your strategy of what beats you send to artists kind of based on their style or anything like that? Because I've heard a lot of stories about artists picking the beat that didn't line up with what most of their beats sound like.
1: Yeah, um, and I definitely try to keep that in mind, actually. Okay. So I'll kind of pick stuff that... My rule is I don't want to inundate them, so I'll send them, like, five, I think, is or six is my max. And so I'll send four that I think are their sound, mm-hmm. and then I'll send two that I just like and okay. are new or something or whatever, and I made. And maybe they're not their... S- sound per se but i like them and i think they sound cool or i think the artist would sound cool on it right and so that's kind of yeah how i go from there is i'm like you know that's kind of my mindset of to keep it a little out there because in case they do pick that one like you said right that's i think that's a cool
0: idea i i might have to try that because i'm usually trying too hard to pick beats that i think they sound like something they've done already Mm mm-hmm but I think a lot of artists, especially, especially when an artist is kind of like has a sound that maybe they popped off with, a lot of times they're trying to try something a little bit different, mm-hmm. or they're trying to find an artist or producer to work with who's unique. Yeah. They want to start the next wave, I think a lot is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And so if they, if they hear something that kind of catches their ear like that. But how would you describe your style? Can you can you describe your style and beats? No, yeah. I can't.
1: I don't think I've found my sound. But I don't even know if finding your sound really is even applicable in today's day and age. Because like of how everything is so, uh, you know, ambiguous and like kind of sounds have crossed over. Mm. From I mean, you know, because like you used to be able to hear a sound and you'd be like, oh, they're an East Coast rapper, mm-hmm. or oh, they're from. Houston right you know but it's not like that anymore like because different people are taking sounds from different areas and stuff and so I don't even know if it makes sense to really have like your own sound Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm wrong but I think because I mean even I think I was on like Hitmaker's uh Instagram and he had one where he was making like this really hard trap beat for I think he was with like T Grizzly Mm -hmm. and then in the next post it was him making like a real like kind of East Coast sounding because he was working with like Benny the Butcher and like right. uh, West Side Gun. Yeah. So that's kind of my – that always inspires me when I see that as is I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Right. Like he could just go and work with anyone right. and they're like, they know that he can just whip up whatever. Even Kenny Beats the Cave. Like I mean, he's just making whatever thing comes to his head. Like mm-hmm. it's so cool. So I do appreciate that, yeah. And he talks a lot about
0: his – like, being a cool, regular guy who's easy to work with, like, the I guess you could even call those, like, the business side a little bit, but Definitely. it's not so much the hot beats. It's like, do I hate going to the studio to work with this producer, because they're just not going to go. Mm-hmm. If you're cool, you have, like, whatever, a nice studio, or you're just, like, nice to hang out with, I think, can go a long way, um, and... I think that uh, I think that's important, and I'm curious if you have something that... Maybe this is going back... M- maybe I'm leading back to an old question, but is there anything when you send a, an artist beats that you want to stand out about you? Maybe something in your beats, or maybe something in just, like, you send them stuff every week or something, and you're hoping they notice how much you're sending them, or... And does is there anything like that you feel like is a little bit defining for you that
1: you hope the artist picks up on? Um, in terms of sending beats, I don't know if I can answer that. Just because I'm not gonna lie, I have gotten a little discouraged over the past month mm. or so about sending beats out. Yeah. Um. So I haven't really been doing that as much as I should. But um. But uh, do you want to
0: talk like? Did something happen? Are you moving away from sending beats
1: online, or it's just like no? It's just you get in that you know rut of sending and not hearing anything, and you're just like ah, and you get down on yourself. And then, but also, I did get an order for beats um, from someone from uh, I believe he's from St. Louis. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Ramsey, he um asked for a group of beats so i sent him some That's and awesome. that was cool because he asked for uh kind of like scar lord style okay and i had never done that yeah. so that was interesting to try and get out of my shell and i really liked that
0: yeah um
1: so he asked you
0: did he ask you specifically for something that mm-hmm. was scar lord style okay because i get artists asking me that too like I'm riding this kind of wave right now. Do you have anything that sounds like that? Do you usually try to accommodate that? Or is this a new venture where you're like, you know what? Let me just try.
1: I always say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've never said no. How important do you think that is? It's worked out so far. Yeah. <laughs> do you um, then just jump in and figure it out? Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that was one of the big things I took away. I think it was Murder Beats that I was talking about it people would be like, oh, do you have this? And he's like, yep. Even though he had none of it, but right. he went and made it. Like, so I think that was, a, that's a big thing I try to do is it's like, if they ask me, cause I think I told him like, I was honest with him. I was mm. straight up like, I was like, I've never done it, but okay. I will give you a pack like within a week. Yeah. And then he was like, okay. And then within, I think I did it within a week or so. And I had a pack to him with about four mm-hmm. or five, Thank- uh, like metal type
0: beats. Right. So. Did you debate on whether to tell him you had never made that style before?
1: Um, no, because I do want, like I said, I do want to keep that uh, personability. Mm. I want to be easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. I want to be open mm-hmm. with the artists. So, um, so, yeah, I just was like, yeah, you know, just heads up. I haven't, but here you go. Like, you know. Do you think that affects
0: how he listens to the beats when he gets them back? Um, no. I don't think so, because they turned out pretty good. I'm not yeah, going to lie. They like, were good. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a few of them. Yeah, I I agree. I, maybe that's your new lane a little bit. <laughs> I don't know.
1: It's pretty fun, but I am looking forward to going through the pack that you just sent, too, of Loops. So Oh, awesome. Get yeah. Them. That would In be... Some of those...
0: Yeah, that would be... Melodic ones. Exciting. I'm planning to put together probably like a playlist or a video or something of anyone who uses them, so that I th- I'm really excited about. Um, I So we'll kind of probably wrap up really quick. I wondered if you had anything... How important do you think, because you mentioned you and your wife have um, kind of an event planning or wedding planning business. Do you think that is important as far as... F- having time and energy to put into music how important is your job outside of music
1: um, well it's super important that is the only way we make money mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess just to
0: I l- let me clarify I guess the type maybe the type of job because you I would say or you've told me that you have you have more free time maybe than other people, or at times yeah. of year, you have more time you can dedicate to music, and it's because of the nature of what you do mm-hmm. um, Do you recommend some other people try and find something where they can work like less hours as opposed to having more money to buy gear, or not that that's the situation you're in where you could potentially work more, but um how much how valuable do you think the time is? In the up-and-coming producer the time that they can spend and energy versus maybe having a better job going to school having like a career where they can live more comfortably or buy that better gear or anything like that do you mm. have any thoughts on that
1: yeah uh, <laughs> I definitely was one of those people that was kind of just like not taking music as seriously as I thought I was and I think even J Cole talked about this when he was making Uh, His very first mixtape, he didn't put it out until after college, even though his idea was he wanted to release it while he was in college, partly because he was going to college. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing where Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I'm having fun. Like, I don't really need this right now. Like, whatever. And so I'll just do it later. And then when I was getting different jobs and stuff and making money and I'm like, oh, I don't need, you know, music's like fun. But yeah, you know, I'm also making decent money at these jobs like yeah but I think it was once I um like I quit one of those jobs just because there was some stuff going on at the company and whatever and then once you're kind of hit with that realization of oh I don't know that I'm going to like my next job like I think that's when you really are like do I want to do music like is this just like a fun thing or is this like is this what I really want to do and for me it was like yeah, this is what I really want to do. Like, so um, that was kind of when I took, was like all about, you know, it sounds dumb and cliche or whatever. But that was when I was all about like following your dream and mm-hmm. like doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I told my wife, I'm like, if you want to do a wedding and event planning business, like go for it and mm-hmm. I will support you a hundred percent. Like, and that's worked out. And luckily and then now yeah i do have some more time um like you said it does affect gear mm. um you know i can't go out and buy like sound banks and stuff and mm. whatever because we are a little tight on money just because it's a startup so mm. um but i haven't let that stop me you yeah. know you find ways around that like getting loops from other great producers and stuff <laughs> so <laughs> right. that helps and yeah. Uh, I don't have to worry about, like, buying, you know, $600 Omnisphere or whatever. Right. So, yeah. No, it's definitely what helps in, like, the mindset of, like, this is what I want to do. This is how seriously I have to take it. I'll figure out how to make it work. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, what is there anything you would—any advice that Kana today would give to Kana back then when you were just— deciding when you left your job and realized is this some this is something that i want to pursue seriously is there anything that you felt like maybe held you up at the time or was obstacles now that you've kind of
1: broken through and have good advice for yourself back then um yeah i would just tell myself work harder than you think you have to because and get over the mental hurdle a little quicker, you know, mm. cause I got hung up, you know, on, it took me three months to make a beat, you know, cause yeah. I, I was, and I wasn't even realizing it at the time, but I was just scared of how it was sounding and if it was good and, you know, making it and whatever. So yeah, I would just definitely try to tell myself it's not <laughs> that big a deal. And if you want to really, are ser- and if you're serious about this, like, you've got to try, like you got to do it. Cause you're not going to like every job that you have. Mm. Yeah. Are there
0: any resources that you want to mention that were helpful for you or are helpful for you currently, just as far as like YouTube channels or podcasts or anything like that you want to mention?
1: Um, yeah, I'm in the part of the music entrepreneur club on, uh, Facebook. Uh, that's a pretty good page for everybody, um, to follow. It's hosted by, uh, dame who used to run funk volume and then uh dj pain one um and then of course just following you know producers who share a lot of knowledge about the industry and stuff like Cato and dj pain one and curtis and all them um as far as like youtube channels and stuff i mean yeah i like, you know, producer grind and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun right. to listen to them. And, uh, I think, yeah, probably those have been the most helpful DJ Payne one, especially his, that was how I learned all about like how song trust works and, okay. um, so how to get your, start putting your, you know, production into plugging it into songs and starting to get that revenue from, right. uh, royalties and whatnot. Um,
0: yeah, Uh just found those by researching or list- mm-hmm. watching other videos and seeing who they're mentioning. Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
1: definitely. And then locally, being part of the Boise Beatmakers Club uh, is yeah. very helpful <laughs> Good. in getting to know people. A uh, um, little plug there. <laughs> I think we'll probably talk about that in a little bit. We'll um, talk about that yeah, in the next episode. I'm going to be... Asking you the questions and... Awesome. Definitely start to hear about that. Any uh,
0: projects coming up you're excited about or anything you're releasing soon you want to talk about real quick?
1: Um, man, let's see. It's always hard because you never know when stuff's going to mm-hmm. start coming out. But yeah, I should have some projects. Like, there should be some projects that have my production on it coming yes. out in a little bit, um, hopefully. And then uh, I've been putting trying to transfer my beats over to uh, streaming services too so people can listen to them there as well mm-hmm. and then go purchase them if you want um, on my track train uh, tracktrain.com slash cane of beats and uh, I have a Spotify playlist that I'm trying to get going called Beat Caviar and uh, want it to just be like a place where producers can just or artists can just put it on and start just listening to all kinds of different beats and freestyling over and whatever and figuring out where different producers are and what they have to offer yeah that's a cool
0: idea all right cool um well i think that i know a lot more (laughs) about you and got honestly some good ideas for just some kind of strategies about sending stuff out and uh, working with artists and stuff like that and, and a little bit of mindset stuff, so I really enjoy the conversation. And uh, isn't there anything else you want to say to
1: wrap up? Or um, Yeah, I just appreciate everyone who's listening. Um, make sure you follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and uh, yeah, we'll be coming back with a lot of cool stuff, uh, talking with us, Q&As, interviews, all that, so... Yeah, make sure you're coming back, checking out the channel.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun,
1: and uh, I'm
0: looking forward to some of the interviews that we'll be doing. So, cool. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, guys.